there, it's Jocelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and it's Wednesday, January 27th. Ah, we made it to hump day. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight, and let's get started. Um, so tonight I decided for three cheers of joy that I would have a little bubbly, right? Thought I'd pull out the poppy Prosecco because I needed a, you know, sometimes we need those moments of just... Just gonna be good, and you do something to make that moment good. Well, this is the moment that I'm making good. I have my poppy prosecco. I have my joy exposed tumbler, right? STMSpecialties.com. I'm the worst with this camera, like I'm not in front of it. STMSpecialties.com made these for me. Um, it's got a little wine decanter too. So this is what we're drinking out of tonight. So before we get started on three chairs of joy, let's open this champagne let's open this prosecco it's one of my favorite things here we go cheers <laughs> so three cheers of joy i'm gonna pour some champagne and we're going to get started my first cheer of joy, let's say. My first cheer of joy, the sound that the cork make what makes when it comes out of a bottle of uh, Prosecco or champagne. So cheers to that. Maybe that was intended for me to enjoy. So I'm glad that I like, it almost sounds like a being released from something that's holding you hostage and you know how I feel about being held hostage. So cheers to freeing of the champagne. Mm, yum, yum, yum. I hope you guys are celebrating with something yummy tonight. So three cheers of joy. The first was appreciating the sound of the cork being popped out of a bottle, right? Just freeing the pressure in there. We all need that in our life. My second cheer of joy is getting some rest. I was so tired on yesterday that I just had to submit to it. So I rest. I passed out. I didn't even say I got some rest. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but just passing out yesterday and being able to, not having any little kids who needed me, not having any body who needed something from me because I couldn't give anything. So cheers to passing the hell out. My third cheer of joy um, is I got to see my faceless love last weekend. So that's really given me some Mm, took some goodness to carry with me through my week. And um, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the amount of love that I just get every single time I see him and it just fills me. And then I can just move on and wait until the next time. That's my third cheer of joy. Being, allowing myself to be filled with the goodness, with the love he has for me. So cheers to that. If you don't remember three cheers of joy, three moments of self-celebration, have nothing to do with anybody else just something things that happen to you that you just pull the goodness and you just remind yourself that these are these are things that happen that adds to my greatness so my first one was appreciating the sound of the cork popping out of a champagne bottle freeing that pressure in there and I feel like that sometimes I have so much going on inside and then something happens and I just release it so I can definitely relate to that. The second cheer of joy was passing out yesterday and not having to worry about feeding anybody or doing anything. I was exhausted. <laughs> I got was I was in the bed in pajamas under the cover by like six o'clock. Like I was done. Um, and then the last one is just allowing myself to be filled with the love um, around me. Um, and when I'm spending time with faceless love or wherever I am, just allowing myself to take the love with me and just to bask in it. So that's my third cheer of joy. And as I said, I hope you have some wonderful things that you're celebrating tonight. And I hope that um, you are drinking something yummy uh, as we go, right? So, hi, Clarissa. Thank you so much for joining. Um, let me see, make sure that I'm streaming everywhere else. I am. Hi there, Stephanie. Hi, Lisa. 
Hi there, Kim and Sandra. Hi there, Big Red. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate you. All right, so we're going to get into, first of all, let me say this. You know what I have on purple lipstick? My lip drip purple. It's the anniversary of Kobe's death, right? So yesterday was the anniversary of Kobe's death. And I was reflecting on it today when I was thinking about the podcast that I made on that Wednesday, talking about how significant his death was to the world. Like he's a fabulous athlete at the time of his death. It wasn't like he was uh, a fabulous athlete. He was, is fabulous. Like at the time of his death, he was still fabulous, right? So I was thinking about that and reflecting on things that I said on that podcast and how I just really hadn't prior to Kobe's passing. And I said this on the podcast is I hadn't really experienced a lot of death, right? I just really had not experienced a lot of death. And then what's happened between then and now is that I've become very familiar with death. I've experienced close to me. My best girlfriend died after that. Colleagues died. Um, friends of friends of people on Facebook. And so everything in COVID and just, it's been a lot. And so I'm, I have to literally sit up and think like, damn, I went from being not familiar to very familiar in being able to process the stages of grief. <laughs> like just now recognizing what that impact feels like that first time that you hear it, the shock, you know, like, and going through it. And, and I guess I never expected that. Like I just never in a million years would have said that 2020 would have been the year that death was just around me, right? So I never would have um, even thought that 2020 would have been that. I wouldn't have guessed from that. Although I do believe that if we know that God decided it was time for Kobe to leave, that we should have known we were about to be in some bullshit with this pandemic. And we're still in it. So we're here a year later and we're still in the pandemic. Jeez, right? So we got to see how that goes. But that's not what this is about. So I wore my purple lipstick in honor of Kobe. And the players have been playing ball and they've been hand gesturing for him and pointing to places and just giving him so much um, amazing energy, recognizing that because he was who he was, they are. That a lot of them, some of the younger guys grew up watching him play, right? Just like he grew up watching Michael Jordan play. And, you know, so we you have to recognize the connection of that. So. This is for Kobe. May he continues to may he continue to rest in peace. All right. So let's see what else. We get ready to go in. Well, before we get in, let's go into um Facebook post of the week because then we had another death of a great athlete this week, Hank Aaron. And one of my Facebook posts of the week is about Hank Aaron and um I'll start with that. So Facebook Posts of the Week brought to you by STM Specialties. And STM Specialties responsible for my Steffi, right? It's really cool. It's got my little logo on there, microphone, and little joy face for Joy Exposed. And they made this really nice um, tumbler set for me with two tumblers and a wine decanter that goes along with it. So stmspecialties.com. All right. So... Facebook post of the week. One of my Facebook friends, her name is Sheila Phelps Bell. She was actually the winner of one of the Steffi's uh, last year, I think, early last year. I swear, when I think back on Hank Aaron, I remember my daddy having us in that hot-ass Braves stadium watching him play. And that TP with Chief Nakahoma, right? That was her memory of Hank Aaron. And I thought, I'm going to share that because... We don't really get to hear, I don't get to hear people talk about their experience when they got to watch Hank Aaron. And knowing at the time there wasn't any value to her, but it was definitely value to her dad to be able to see him and talk about, you know, the one thing people talk about is he broke Babe Ruth's record and he went through hell to do that, you know, even to get the recognition of being a good equal, um, yeah, equal 
baseball player, you know, or greater than, you know, baseball player simply because he was black. And I don't really get to hear about, because I'm not a big sports fan, so I don't really get to hear the stories about the racism that happens in baseball or football or, but you, I know it's there, right? So you know it's there. And, um, but so I thought that was a cool Facebook post of the week to share, for Sheila to share, because she got to see Hank Aaron play. And now she knows how significant it was, I guess, when she can see everything playing on the news. So thank you, Sheila, for that. Um, Here's another Facebook post of the week, B. Kelly. It's going to be bigger than you thought. It's going to happen quicker than you imagined. And it's going to be more rewarding than you ever dreamed of. And I don't know what it is, but I'm here for it. <laughs> so I don't know what it is, but I'm here for it. I'm open to the opportunity of it and just allowing myself to move in a space to receive it. So I appreciate that post from B. Kelly. And I guess that's a great affirmation for all of us to kind of hold on to and take heed to. We know that it's out there. And if we're moving as we should be moving, it'll happen for us. Yes, high hopes. That's right. Thank you, Clarissa. It's going to happen and we'll be rewarded for it. It'll be greater than we ever imagined. Like our imagination isn't even ready for it. Um. And then here's one from Clarissa Gillis from The Sweet Spot. The Sweet Spot is a um, podcast, uh, a radio show, I'm sorry, that happens on Friday night at 8.30. And it's called The Sweet Spot. She talks about everything from vanilla to vodka. That's what she says in her slogan. Uh, unpopular opinion. Some of y'all use honesty to be malicious, which is why you feel like people can't handle the truth. It's not that they can't handle it. Your honesty is filled with arrogance and ill intent. Oh, I read that and whoa, I was like, ding, 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 bullseye. That is a great Facebook post of the week, simply because we do, I say all the time, tell me the truth, be honest with me, like, tell me the truth. But when somebody's trying to tell me something and they're being condescending with it or mean with it or arrogant or I'm over it, I, I don't care if it's whatever the truth is, I don't need to hear it anymore because. I'm in a space that you don't get to make ill use of me. That ship has passed. You don't get to make ill use of me. I am not for that anymore. And you trying to hurt me or make ill use of me just confirms that you don't love me. <laughs> and you're not for the good of me. So keep your truth and get the fuck away from me. I mean that. All right. And lastly, this is kind of funny. You know, I got to finish with something silly. Um, this is William Payton. He's a Facebook friend of mine. He's from Marietta. If if you are talking to me and I ask, do you want a peppermint? It's not a question. <laughs> it means your breath stinks. Here, eat this peppermint. So I don't, <laughs> I think, you know, you've had people ask that question before. Like, how do you let somebody know their breath stinks and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, here, have a piece of gum, have a peppermint, you know, and they're like, oh, no, I don't want any gum. And you're like, yeah, yeah, do, or yeah, should. <laughs> so somebody with some stinky breath. So those are my Facebook posts of the week. And they're brought to you by stmspecialties.com, which you really appreciate them and their continued support. And we will continue to move. So I talked about Kobe. I talked about Hank Aaron, gave some props there. Kamala has been in office for a whole week and I've been trying desperately not to be like, what's she doing today? What's she doing today? What's she doing today? I'm so excited about her being in office. So. I'll report on that in a couple of weeks. I'm going to let her get her shoes set up in the new house first before I start bugging her, <laughs> trying to see what she's doing. So if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, subscribe to my YouTube channel, please. I will put the YouTube address in the um, comments right now. If you would go and subscribe, that would be wonderful for me, trying to build up my YouTube base I'll put that in there. I'd love for you to uh, subscribe. Help me get those numbers up. Thank you. All right. And so let's, we're going to continue. Um, I have been 
jotting down stuff all day. Just a couple of articles I wanted to read and talk about. Um, just things that are happening and um, figure we put them out there. And then I, uh, so I actually been trying to have an agenda. I told you guys, <laughs> trying to minimize my ramble, ramble, but you know, I, sometimes I ramble is what I do best. So that's that. All right. So let's see. Here we go. So oh, this is the first article that I wanted to read. And a couple of these, both of them actually have something to do with the insurrection. I can't let that go for whatever reason. I'm still holding on to the insurrection because I want to know what the hell happened. Like, I want to know where the holes were, why there wasn't the support needed. So it's kind of like a little bone. I got a little, it's stuck in my craw, right? It's bothering me. So I got a couple of uh, things I want to talk about. The first headline is the National Guard commander for DC says Trump officials restricted his response to the riots. Now you guys may have already heard this. I think the article is a day old. So you may have already heard this, but it says the commander for Washington DC's National Guard has said that Trump officials at the Pentagon restricted his ability to respond to the Capitol riots on uh, January 6th. Major General William Walker told the Washington Post on Tuesday that his authority as a commander, which typically allows him to deploy National Guard troops in an emergency, was essentially removed prior to the riot carried out by the former president's supporters. Okay, so this is what we wanted to know, right? So I wanted to know why are why isn't why aren't there more people there? Why isn't something happening? How are they just allowed to do this without a police presence? Where's the National Guard? So now we have, now we have this gentleman saying, the commander saying, I couldn't do anything because they restricted my movement. So when I went to try to say, we need people to move here, he didn't get a response from his calls. He couldn't get somebody on the phone and he couldn't make a decision without a higher up. So this this was a this is collusion at a grandiose level. This ain't hillbilly Bob thinking I'm gonna go up here with these people and overthrow the Capitol. We're talking about prime positions in the Pentagon that were riding the coattail so amazingly that they decided we're going to cut off the power. We're really about to let some shit get busted up. Now, I don't see where there were charges. They had this information and maybe it's still an investigation phase. I don't know. But it seems to me that there should be some charges filed at another level if these people, in fact, allowed this insurrection to happen just because they were Trump supporters. Uh, I don't like that. I mean, that that to me puts it on a whole nother level. Right. So. That puts it on a whole nother level for me, and it says that there has to be some charges brought up from a different place. Yeah. OK, so and let me see what else it says real quick. All military commanders normally have immediate response authority to protect property, life, and in my case, federal functions, federal property and life. But in this is instance, I did not have that authority. So if all the military commanders normally have that because they need to respond in crisis and to keep people safe, and they took it away, to me, that's paving the way for the insurrectionists to come up in there and show their ass. Right. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, dirty, 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 dirty on so many levels. Right? And I know that we'll never get to we'll never get to the bottom of what and why. But the simple fact that it happened and now these things are coming out because people are being questioned about, like, why didn't you call upon the National Guard sooner? I couldn't. Well, why couldn't you? Because they took my clearance away. I couldn't. But commanders have, I know, but they took it. You know, so when, how many people are going to have to pay for this and how dirty is this, right? Like literally how dirty is this moment? So um, I wanted to share that from that article. I'm going to 
zoom over here to Facebook and see if I got any um, comments I need to respond to. Hey there, Kiba. Hey, Marisa. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of, cra that's crappy to me. Now, I haven't heard, I have, well, I'm interested, but I've been trying not to be consumed with it about all the arrests that have happened since the insurrection. And, you know, they've been plenty there. I told you we had a suicide. They've got some people arrested and not bailed and not getting a bail and some that have been bailed out. And it's all kinds of, I mean, things are happening, right? The FBI on it and they're pulling facial recognition and IDing people. Family members are turning in family members and all of these things are happening. So it's happening, but we won't get all of it, of course. Well, we don't have time to get all of it, but I just have to find some kind of solace in the fact that somebody other than me cares about what happens in my country. Like somebody else has to give a damn about the bullshit happening in my country and not just me. So, and that's all I have. I mean, I'm in central Florida. I don't have access to anything but news and articles <laughs> and internet. So I'm just pulling information as I can. And the more that comes out, the more I'll share. Now, here's something that's kind of, I thought this was funny, but then I felt bad laughing at it because this ain't kind of the stuff I do. Y'all remember in the, in the pictures from the Capitol riots or insurrection, there was a black guy in there. And he was just standing there, had on a little hat. Got a good picture, a good picture of his face. You know, he's standing there. They even have a couple of pictures of him with the metal bat swinging and breaking stuff, right? So, I mean, he was active, like he was there. It was his fight. Well, let me read y'all this article about him. Black Capitol rioter denied bail while many white participants granted release. Hmm. Amazing how that works. So he chose a side and um, he chose a side and his side was to go to the Capitol and show his ass and fuck stuff up. And now he's in jail and they won't give his black ass bail. Now, many people have gotten bail. We've talked about it. They, and they've gotten special organic meals. We've talked about it. But he his black ass ain't getting no bail. I know it's not funny, but I'm like, excuse my language. Damn, N-word. What did you think was going to happen? You think they were going to get away and you were going to get away? We're still battling the inadequacies of being black in this country. That shit ain't going away because you decide to pick up a bat and go storm the Capitol. You're still a black man in the United States. <laughs> and they don't want to give you a bell and they're not going to give you a bell. So he's there and he's 20 years old, 20 years old. The 20 year old was seen wielding a metal bat at the Capitol entrance during the insurrection. Activists have repeatedly pointed out the glaring disparity between how violent white Capitol riders were treated versus peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters. But now it's been reported that a black participant from the Capitol siege has been denied bail while many of his white allies were set free, set free. Really? I was reading that and I was like, hmm, amazing. Hi, Christy. Thank you. According to the reports on January 6th, black Trump supporter Emmanuel Jackson from Capitol Heights was caught on surveillance joining the mob of patriots who attacked Capitol Police during the siege. Got great pictures of him. The 20-year-old, I read that part already. On January 15th, the FBI confirmed they were examining over 140,000 images and videos sent to them by the public. To those of you who took part in the violence, here's something you should know. Every FBI field office in the country is looking for you. FBI Washington Field Office Assistant Director said. So Emmanuel Jackson, oh, as a matter of fact, even your friends and family are tipping us off. So you might want to consider turning yourself in instead of wondering when we're going to come knocking on your door because we will. Well, 
Jackson turned himself in on the 18th. He admitted in the violent protest, identified himself in video and photographs shown to him by law enforcement of himself, and confessed to penetrating, perpetrating the violent conduct. He's currently facing a number of charges, which include assault on a federal law enforcement officer with a dangerous weapon, knowingly engaging in any acts of physical violence against a person or property, and knowingly entering or remaining in a restricted building or grounds without lawful authority. Jackson, who was reported <laughs> Jackson, who was reportedly homeless and suffers from mental health issues was not given bond. His preliminary hearing is scheduled for February. So there we go. We've got a 20-year-old who's homeless and suffers from mental health issues who was supporting the Trump, oh, excuse me, the Trump insurrectionist. He is now in jail without a bail. Where, what's his name, went home and he got released and his mama called and said he needed organic food. The other man whose wife signed his bond. So I mean, people were given an opportunity and the black man wasn't. The young black man, right? And he wasn't. So you know, it's kind of sucky to me. But I just was, I'm trying to figure out, first off, why did he think that was a good move for him? And his face was very prominent in there. And I appreciate, I'm sure everybody appreciates him taking responsibility and going to turn himself in. He he uh, turned himself in, he's taking responsibility. And now he's stuck in jail without a bond. So I don't know how that's going to turn out, right? But I needed to share that with you guys. I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues today, and she was saying, everybody just needs to stop talking about the stuff that's going on and do their job. And I was like, talking about what? <laughs> and she said, Trump. And I said, who's talking about Trump? And she said, well, the impeachment. They just need to let it go. And I was like, Oh, but that's important. Like, you know, so we kind of had a back and forth about it. And I realized that that's the great thing about being American. We can have these different conversations and different ideologies about what should happen. But the impeachment of Trump is important. Like, that's an important step in the history of this country simply because we don't need him trying to run again in four years or eight years or ever, right? We need, he needs to have that right of his removed. He needs, he has violated enough things that he should not be allowed to, you know, run for office again. And, and um, I said that and she says, well, if we, if he runs again and we vote for him, then that's what we get. And I said, well, that's not fair considering that we collective as a country and individuals, we repeat the same behaviors over and over and over, whether they're good for us or not. So I just thought that was really interesting to have that thought process. And she even said, well, don't people have work to do? People got stuff to do. I said, well, that the impeachment is important work, right? I, I, I think impeachment is important work. And she's just saying, no, she didn't. She just wanted it to go away. And I just, you know, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I don't know. Like, and I, I said this when I started having this conversation with you guys tonight. It's like, I'm kind of caught in this. I need to see that some shit happens. I need to, <laughs> three hots and cot. Yeah, he turned himself in because he was homeless. Yeah, three hots and a cot. That's right. Probably. He's, he's nice and warm now. We're talking D.C. So um, I, I need to see some resolution in this. I need to see the processes that we've said would work, work. That's what I need to see. And so maybe I'm spinning my wheels in an empty space. I don't know, but that's important for me to see the due process, to see how it turns out. So that's my little political, um, yeah, there must be consequences and it doesn't just go away. We, now we all face consequences daily to our choices. All right, so now let's take a moment, shift gears, get comfortable in where you're sitting and just
just release any tension that you have. You can move your toes around, your shoulders, whatever. Because the one thing about COVID and us being in this space for a year is that it has been stressful as hell. And my main problem in COVID is that I think that the way I worked pre-COVID is the way I should work during COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that I did, I should still be able to do. But let's be honest, COVID has literally changed the way that we fucking function. Like COVID has literally came in and shook the whole house up and said, ah, ah, we're not doing that no more. You think of a house full of people that everybody used to leave the house and go where they were going became a house full of people where everybody stayed in the house. So you're dealing with people, more your people regularly. Your job has probably changed. Think of all the offices that people, it was important for you to go to the office. You couldn't work from home. You had to go to the office and you got this lavish office space and they shut that shit down and sent everybody home. So you think of all of these things that we did that was so important to us in our day and they're all of a sudden taken away from us and we've got to figure out how our mind has to figure out the function of it and it does it's not simple right it's not simple you can't just make your mind say oh i'm just gonna start staying home because it doesn't work like that and so covid has been <sighs> exhausting in the expectation of yourself, in the expectation of others, COVID has been exhausted, exhausting. And I don't have a problem talking about it. I usually mention it every week. It's been a struggle for me because I'm a mover. I go and I do, and I, I that's what I do. I've took, I've taken, I didn't fly. I don't think I flew at all last year. Or maybe it would have been January or February. I don't think I flew it up last year. But I took my first flight last weekend during COVID. And I was t fucking terrified. Like, I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I even said I didn't know what was going to happen. But either I was going to get off the plane and die from COVID or I was going to be on the plane and have an anxiety attack and die from suffocation. Like, so... Something in me was like, this isn't going to be good. And it wasn't bad. It just, it literally wasn't bad. People were very respectful. Fortunately, I wasn't on one of those planes where people are like, I'm not wearing my mask. And, you know, fortunately, I that wasn't the case on my flight. And people are very aware of each other and where they're standing and what they're doing and where they're eating. And so it was okay. So, I just think that we have to, during this time, because we probably have another, hell, six, eight, nine, ten months. Like, we got some time. Like, it's not about to go somewhere fast. I just think that we need to figure out in this time how to take care of ourselves, how self-care, right? I just think that this is the time that we have to throw all of the norms out of the window because nothing is normal anymore. Like nothing is normal anymore. Like all the norms are gone. The consistent thing about your day is that you're still in your day. The way you go to work, even if you're essential worker, the way you go to work is different. How you do your laundry, what you wear out, if you wash your face mask, if you need to buy more, like everything about your day has changed in some way. You are the most consistent thing in your day. And we have to remember every day that if we don't put ourselves at the forefront of being healthy, that everybody around us, especially the people in our house, will suffer. We are the ones that set the standard for the movement of others around us. Um, and there's this old adage, misery loves company. If you're miser miserable, the people around you are going to be miserable. If you're not miserable, 
they're not going to be miserable. You literally set the tone because if you're miserable and somebody's miserable, they're going to come hang out. They're going to camp out. They're going to want to be with you because they're miserable too. But as soon as you're not miserable, you're in a good space and they're going to be like, let me get the hell away from her because I can't do what she's doing. Or they'll try to regroup to do what you're doing. So we've really got to get in the space of self-care. And the space of self-care for me came along with resting, right? And I'm sharing this about me because I share a lot about me, but I never really knew how to rest. And you guys, if you go back and listen to podcasts from last year or the year before, you'll hear me talk about having like really low days. I would say I'm having a low day, but now I recognize, oh, I just needed to rest. (laughs) I was fucking tired, right? So now I recognize that when I'm low, it just means rest, Joycelyn. Rest, get you some rest. And there, I read this amazing article about seven types of rest you need. And I'm going to go through those types of rest um, as we go on for uh, tonight. But I'm going to tell you, for those of you who have small children at home, wives, husbands, and if you have a wife or a husband and you've got a girlfriend somewhere or another relationship, a boyfriend somewhere, another relationship, I know that's stressful as hell too because you're stuck in the house and you want to be with this other person. This is real shit. These are all things that have been unveiled in the pandemic. People have realized they would rather be anywhere in the world than to be at home. (laughs) they would rather be anywhere else than be home but we're home because we're in the pandemic right so we just got a new president who's setting up some functioning boundaries on what we're going to do and how we're going to do and we'll see how that plays out but for right now they're talking about millions of vaccines and having everybody vaccinated by summer by the end of summer oh excuse me having everybody vaccinated by the end of summer. Um, I'm ready. I know I've talked to people who aren't interested in getting a vaccine. I'm ready to get a vaccine for no reason other than I want to be able to move around. I want to go. I want to do. I want to be able to let my guard down a little bit, right? Just a little bit. I've been to this heightened sense of awareness of everything around me. And now I just really would like to relax into... I'm safe, right? I just, I haven't found that place yet. And some, you guys watch the news and go to places and you see people are out. They're going clubbing. (laughs) I'm sure there are a lot of COVID babies being made right now. People are going clubbing and they're going out to restaurants and they're, people are out. And I'm terrified. Faceless Love and I walked through Ybor City and that's a, like it's like Bourbon Street in uh, Tampa, and they have it's like cigar old Cuban section of Tampa. We walked through there, and um, gosh, when was that? December? No, it had to be maybe November. Anyway, so we were down there, and we didn't know that people were hanging out because we had um, plans to do something. So we did what we were gonna do, and then we came back to our hotel. Well, we decided after waking up, let's see if the pizza place is open, our favorite pizza place. Let's walk and get some pizza if they're open. So we call, they're open. We get dressed, we get our mask, we go walk down. As we're walking, we see like police cars and people walking the street. And we're looking at each other like, all these fucking people are out here in the middle of the pandemic. (laughs) So we managed to, we start, we went from sidewalk to the middle of the street because the street's blocked off. And we're walking down the middle of the street trying to stay away from people because there's so many people. Bars had so many people inside of them. And we were just like, yikes. So we go in, I stand outside, he goes get our pizza. As I'm standing outside, there's this little young lady who's drunk, drunk, drunk. And you know, they drunk and their skirts are little. And she saw me and she was just like, am I okay? That's what she said to me. And I said, honey, I I don't know if you're okay. 
And she's just like, can I get a hug? And I was all I could think of. I'm looking at this little young person who needs some compassion in the middle of a pandemic on the street of debaucherous behavior. And all I'm thinking was, (laughs) don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. I hugged her. Try not to seem like squeamish because I figure if my child needed somebody to hug them in the middle of some shit, then I would need for somebody to give them a hug. So I gave them, gave her a hug, let her go. She went on her way. So uh, Faceless Love came out with our food and I'm like, we got to get the hell out of here. It's gross out here. <laughs> we, I was like, it's, it's gross out here. We got to get the hell out of here. And we walked back and thanked the police for being there because the police was out there just to keep them safe, not keeping social distancing. And we got back to that hotel room. I think before we even got in, we were stripping our clothes off, trying to bathe and trying to, because it was like, because we don't know. We just know that people are dying from COVID, right? So we just wanted to get out of our clothes and get clean and to shake that off even before we ate. And I'm, I, so I know my life has changed because Ebor City is a favorite place of mine to go sit and hang out. If that, if it were pre-COVID, we would have already been out there at our favorite little um, mojito spot, sitting there drinking cigars. Plus, sitting there drinking and having a cigar, we would have already been there, but we weren't. It was yucky. Uh, Christy said there are a lot of COVID babies. Yes, and they went board games crazy for two months. Absolutely, absolutely. You were doing anything that you could to just kind of keep your mind active, trying to stay connected, right? So I just said all of that to say, I know that people's lives have changed because I am the person that used to go out and be out. And I had to adjust to that. And you guys know, I told you my adjusting to COVID was drinking. I was in the house drinking by myself all the time, as often as possible, right? So that's what I was doing because I couldn't write. I wasn't in a creative space. I don't really watch a lot of TV. So I was, I watched some reruns of old stuff, designing women, golden girls, stuff I used to watch, not really knowing what to watch, you know? So it's just like my life changed. And so I had to figure out how do I take care of myself and move myself forward without losing myself to the COVID stupor? Self-care. So the one thing about self-care for me, I had to learn how to rest. Now, I've worked my ass off since I was 13 years old. Finally, there's a time in my life where nobody is demanding any work from me. Shouldn't I be resting in that time, right? For the first time in 30 years, let's see, I'm 51. I started working when I was like 13, almost 40 years. First time in 35 years, 36 years. Nobody wants me to do anything except be safe. How do I do that? So what did I start doing? First, I was drinking and falling asleep. And then I just started exercising crazy and falling asleep. And I just realized this isn't enough. So I was looking for different ways to get that kind of rejuvenation. And so there are seven different ways of resting. And I'm going to read this article for you guys. Well, I won't read the whole article, but I got some of it for you. Um, So there are seven types of rest you need in your life. Not all rest is created equal. Discover the formula you need to fully relax and get the deep mental and physical rest you deserve. Now, I do know that I'm not going to sleep very long. It doesn't matter how tired I am. I'm not sleeping for 10 hours. Some people can go to sleep and sleep. I can't sleep like that. I'll go to sleep. I can go to sleep. I can take a nap for like 15 minutes and be rejuvenated for like (laughs) the rest of the night. So I don't, I'm not a big sleeper, right? So, um, it, was, it pleased me to find this article about seven, seven different types of sleep. So but let me go look at this before I go into that. Yeah. Yeah. Brandy. Hey, Brandy. Thank you. All right. So here we go. 
energy. We all need more of it after this very challenging and draining year. I just said that. And the very best way to get it is by replenishing ourselves through proper rest. Rest is not the same thing as sleep. Rest encompasses the restorative activities we do that help us refill our tanks, which become depleted throughout the day. It truly re-energizes us. And we've talked about refilling our tanks, but I've talked about it in the past in allowing people to pour into you, allowing others to pour. This is talking more of how do you rest properly to pour into yourself? What, do you, what are the things you can do to refill? replenish your own tank to refill yourself that may not involve other people so we're under a lot of stress from all the uncertainty yes we just talked about that we don't know what's going to happen six months from now with the virus or with our jobs there's a lot of anxiety that goes along with that that's why it's especially important to learn how to get the right type of amount uh right type and amount of rest all right, so there is a quiz. I'm gonna post it on my page. There is a quiz that you can take um, that helps you. It's a rest quiz to help you determine what's your uh, proper type of rest you need. So the seven types of rest, and I, I listen, I'll be the first to say this is, until reading it, when I thought of resting, it meant I'm not gonna do anything. I'm gonna sit and be still and I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna. I'm going to rest. We'll listen to this. There's a creative rest, the type that inspires and motivates you. I could probably use some of that since I haven't been really writing, right? I could probably use some creative rest. There's a mental rest when you quiet your mind and focus on what's really important. I definitely do that. I've had to learn to do that over the years because I don't know about you guys, but it took me a long time to figure out that some stuff isn't any of my damn business. Things would be happening around me with people around me and they would be in crisis or have a situation and I'd be right in the middle of it, giving advice on what they should do. And, and then I realized like, this shit ain't got nothing to do with me. That's how I got to a boundary of saying, if somebody wants something from me, then they come ask me for it. But I'm not volunteering shit anymore. It's a waste. And it takes a lot of mental uh, ability to, to do that. People's shit. Nobody wants to do that, right? Well, I mean, some people do want to do it, but I don't want to do it anymore. Physical, the rest that relieves your body of muscle aches and tension and helps improve your sleep. I love physical rest. And I really get great physical rest after I've had like a deep tissue massage. And so I found out ways to kind of give myself deep tissue massages and call me weird or whatever. I like my deep tissue massage on my butt, right? So that's where I have a lot of aching on my butt cheeks, right? And I don't know, I think it comes either my shoes or my exercise or whatever, but when my deep tissue, my Glute, uh, glutes aching. I had to figure out now a massage will get it, but when I'm by myself, I had to figure out how do I connect to that part of me that needs to feel the pressure in that area. And so, what I do is sit on the floor and like a butterfly with my feet together and rock back and forth. And that feels really good on my butt and it gives me a lot of release. So, the physical, I'm I love that I get great physical rest after I've had a massage and that helps to release, relieve the tension. Um, social rest, spend time on relationships you cherish and with people you who enhance your life. And we all like to do that. You love somebody, you want to spend time with them, but it's the people who you don't love that you don't want to spend time with, but they demand something from you. Those are the, those are the things you have to stop doing. You have to stop attending the the zoom call for this just because of this if you don't if it's not good for you if you're leaving empty if you're not leaving with more than you came with then don't fucking do it like i'm serious you have to be able to say no thank you no thank you i'm okay y'all have fun have fun now you're here leave yourself out of it it's okay People who love you and care about you are okay with you setting boundaries for how they operate with you.
um, emotional, the ability to express your deepest feelings and be your genuine self. We don't get to do that often, right? We'd like to. <laughs> Nobody wants to get caught up emotionally. And hell, because of it, I've been saying that I don't have much empathy because I try to leave that piece alone. And But I've realized as I've gotten older is that everybody isn't worthy of seeing that emotional self, your emotional self. Everybody can't value you being in that vulnerable space, right? But we have to learn that because at first we just put it out there and then we realize, well, this was a waste because I didn't get anything back and I feel worse than when I started. And we have to realize that, okay, how can I not lose myself emotionally here and save it for this space because I'm loved over here and I'm safe if I'm vulnerable, right? That's hella important. Uh, sensory gives you a respite from background noise, including negative self-talk and digital devices. My sensory rest comes at night. I don't sleep with the TV on, lights on, none of that. Yeah. Pitch black, nothing. I don't want any sound or anything. And kind of helps me the fact that I can't hear well out of one of my ears, because if I put that ear in the pillow, the good ear in the pillow, then I won't hear anything. So my sensory rest probably comes when I'm preparing to go to bed because it takes away from the synthetic noise away from me. And I've always pretty much been like that. I don't want anything on. I don't need to sleep with any music on. Um, sometimes I may ask uh, my little device to play some um, rainforest or thunderstorms or, you know, sometimes I'll do that if I'm, but then I'll turn it off before I go to sleep or I put my ear in the pillow, then I can't hear it. So, but sensory is good. We don't need to be overstimulated with noise. We don't constantly need to be processing something that's happening somewhere else. Sometimes we need to be able to sit and enjoy the silence in us and just the ideas and thought processes of our own brain. Sometimes you don't need shit happening around you. And I mean, that could be your kids, your husbands, your wives, friends. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you just need to be in a quiet place and just in it. And that's your sensory rest. And then spiritual. You feel that you are a part of something bigger as well as a sense of belonging and fitting in. That's me. That's, that's, the, that's the rest I probably get more often than not is because I try to stay connected to the universe. I, I, I don't really have a religious denomination, I guess. I guess I'm spiritual, right? I understand that my relative placement is unfortunately insignificant in the grand scheme of things, If especially if I don't meet my purpose. If I meet my purpose, then my placement, me being here is significant. But if I don't, then that's going to be something else. So my spiritual rest is probably the thing that gets me the most that I pay enough attention to because I understand the importance of staying connected to everything around me. Like, I don't believe that I move solely on my own. I know that I'm moving within the confines or within the, yeah, the confines of the universe, the, the spiritual space. I know that God is with me. I know that he talks to me. I know that there's an expectation that I, like I, these are things that I know. And so I'm not selfish in that I got this on my own, not by any means. I am wholly aware of there's something greater than this. There's something greater than me in this. So that's probably where I get my most rest is in my spiritual self. I think I probably get my least amount of rest in... I, don't, I think I do pretty well in all these categories. That could be because I'm a, kind of a loner too, <laughs> or recluse, right? So, um, mental. So for mental and spiritual, seem about the same to me. The way that I look at them, physical, social. 
think emotional is where I get the least amount of rest. Like I don't get an emotional rest often. Like something really has to happen for me. Like for me to get emotional rest, something has to happen to push me over the edge and I lose my shit. And then I only really lose my shit with faceless love. Like, and, and that's really weird. Or maybe it's not weird, but he is a place that I can be vulnerable and I know that I'm going to be safe. I don't feel that anywhere else. Like I literally don't have that feeling anywhere else. I know that when I'm with him, I'm going to sleep, pass out sleep. I know that. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to listen for anything or talk to anybody or do anything. I know that that is the place that I'm most comfortable. So he would probably be my emotional rest too, because that's where I can, I can, if I'm emotional, I can let it go there. I know that I can release there but most otherwise i don't this is literally and y'all have seen me get to tears a couple times y'all hear me talk about my past and things that are happening and i well up to tears i'm co i'm comfortable here right like i'm sitting in the floor in my bedroom talking to the camera <laughs> but i feel i'm safe here and i don't mind sharing things about me that's going to put somebody in good stead about themselves because remember you have the blanket the uh the weighted blanket absolutely <laughs> i don't mind putting myself out there for to be in good stead for other people to take something from my experiences i think that's a part of what my gift is i think that's why my experiences are so vast because here, take take what you need. Like my basket overflows. Like I have a cornucopia of things. Take what you need from me, but don't mistreat me. Like don't don't kick my oh my security blanket. I thought you were talking about my um, weighted blanket. I like that too. <laughs> um, don't kick my basket over and mistreat it. Like you don't get to make ill use of me. So I do believe that's a part of my purpose. My part of my being here and just allowing other people to feel comfortable with me and sharing the message, right? So I just want everybody to be okay with who they are right now in the middle of a pandemic. Be okay with who you are in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Give yourself grace. Don't expect too much from you. Don't be disappointed when you can't give. Don't be disappointed when you can't give what your intention is. My intentions are crazy in the pre-COVID days. Things I would do in a day and the way my calendar would look would be like, I got to outdo the day before. Like I'm doing all these things. And now I realized like, you woke up, you had a bath, you got dressed, You made a smoothie. It's a great fucking day. <laughs> like if you literally have to be okay with what you do and not try to force yourself to do what you did because you're not the same person. None of us are the same person. And we want to work hard and grind and make big dollars. And we got all these things that we want to do, but you got to give yourself grace. You got to give people around you grace. You have to allow them space to fuck up too without snapping at them because they did it. We all need it. We like we all literally need it. The children, oh my god, bless the children. The children need it. Other adults, our parents. Everybody needs that window to just be like, I'm fucking lost right here. Like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. We're going to be better able to provide those things when we take care of self, when we allow our bodies and our minds and our spirits to rest without feeling guilty about resting. Don't feel guilty about it. It's okay. The universe is demanding you to rest. We talk in COVID, it's taking people out left and right still, 
We're trying to get a handle on it. We want to blame somebody. There's nobody to blame. It's COVID. It's a virus. We've got viruses all over the place. We got HIV that's been around for years. It's not going anywhere. There is no cure for it. There are medications to treat it. We're just now finding out what COVID really is. It's mutating and becoming another strand. And we have to allow ourselves that time to just process all of that and to process us in it and to recognize it. If we're still here, and we're still moving forward and we're being of God's purpose. It's intentional. It's not a fuck up. He didn't. Oh, I forgot about them. No, it's intentional. And we still need to be our best self. But our best self requires that we rest. Our best self requires that we give ourselves grace and we celebrate three cheers of joy, whatever it is you want to celebrate. Our best self requires celebrating. This is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. It is Wednesday, January 27th. And cheers. Remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.